0: So I was thinking, what does it mean to lead while serving? That's exactly what I discuss with my friend and colleague, Sia McCabe, fellow honoree of the Young Professional Council's Spotlight Award and population health specialist at Independence Blue Cross. Sia also shares stories of her journey moving from ohio to philly we outline tips for career advancement and sia breaks down the ways that she tries to manage and maintain her mental health we end by examining the ways that sia lives her best life thank you for listening and enjoy the show hey sia you know how's how's everything going with you uh today
1: Hello, Baz. I am doing very well. Um, all things considered, I will say that, but I'm doing well. How are you?
0: I'm doing all right. Yeah. I think as anyone can attest to to what's you know happened and what's going on. Still, it's it's quite a it's been quite a time.
1: Yes, it's a whirlwind. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But yeah, I just want to say first of all, thank you for hopping on on the mic and enjoying the show.
1: Of course.
0: So you know, as as fellow YPC Spotlight Award winners, you know I, I think it's always great when we could get get us together on something. So
1: absolutely, a bond that will never be broken. I love it.
0: <laughs> exactly. So yeah, you know, I, before we get started, you know, I think the proper place to start really is just with your your, your story. So like, I know who you are a little bit just because we've been through the YPC together. Uh, but mm-hmm. for those who are listening and might not know who you are, like. What is your story? You're here in Philly, but, you know, what's the background?
1: Absolutely. And even to start, I know this is asking what someone's story is is very can be heavy only because it it shapes how we define ourselves as different people. So, I absolutely love this question as general as it may seem, but so I will say I'll start like way way back. My parents, I'm first generation, I guess, American. My parents are from Liberia. My dad came to college here and then went back and forth. My mom moved here about 30 something years ago and they settled in Ohio and that's where I was born. So grew up in Columbus, Ohio, decided to go to the University of Cincinnati for undergrad. Kind of didn't know what I wanted to do there. I will say I, I do think it's kind of crazy to ask you know kids 17 18 what they want to do for the rest of their lives and then pay thousands of dollars to do so almost you know what i mean so you know i i started off as like a biomed i went to undecided for a little bit i settled with psychology knowing i wanted to go to grad school so did some internships at hospitals talked to some folks i think i've always that's the one thing i've always been a networker so i spoke with some folks were doing healthcare administration, I heard nothing about the the field. My mom's a nurse, so she was pushing for that. My dad's an engineer. He was pushing for that. I'm terrible at math. I don't particularly love to see people in Super vulnerable positions. It makes me really sad. So I knew I couldn't be a nurse. People, the you know, nurses and doctors absolutely have a heart for it, and they're wonderful. But so health healthcare administration was a way that I could use my relationship building skills. What I didn't know at the time, like business, quote unquote business acumen, to um, pursue a career in the healthcare space. So I went to, university, to Xavier University for grad school because they offered a dual degree program. So I got a master's in healthcare administration and business. And that summer I decided they encourage you to do an internship. And I figured that was my one time to get out of Ohio for just a little bit. And I came to Philly and did an internship at the children's hospital.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. So
1: CHOP. CHOP. Yep. And it was awesome. I loved the summer in Philly. Like I'll the festivals and I just explored the city like walking around, all the music. It was so much fun. And at the time I had a cousin my age who lived here. So I hung out with him, which was great. And when I was applying to administered fellowships were the last part of my graduate degree. So I applied to places in Ohio, ended up getting a job here with Mercy Health. that's now Trinity Health. And yeah and decided that, you know, since I'm moving to Philly, a new, completely new place. So by the time I moved back, my cousin had left. I have an aunt that lives in the suburbs. And then I knew one other person who I remained friends with from CHOP. And, you know, God bless her. She's so sweet for staying friends with me, long distance friends. Yeah, she's great. But I decided this was a place I was going to reinvent myself and really put myself out there. And, you know, I almost had to. So That's how I got involved in everything.
0: I will say I I didn't have, a I guess, the same experience coming, you know, like I went to high school in Tampa and then, you know, having to come back up here and, and relearn Philly. I think that's interesting that, you know, as as a young professional that, you know, you came with fresh eyes and, you know, you had the experience like I did internship here, like I got to see what Philly's like. And I'm like, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. we we kind of spoiled you with all the festivals, like you know, me yeah. probably, you know, <laughs> <like>
1: exactly. <laughs> yes, all the things.
0: <laughs> so yeah, that's that's pretty cool. But for you, I guess, what has it been like moving to to the city? I know we <laughs> Philly gets a, you know kind of a bad rap you know for being you know while we are the city of brotherly love like you know being kind of a close off city and especially you know coming from from Ohio Mm
1: -hmm. I know that's probably a
0: different culture different kind of just you know environment Uh, so what was that that move like?
1: Yeah so that's a great question only because I still struggle with it to this day I've been here for three and a half years now and the culture is still the thing that shakes me the most I've learned like I am It is a little more, I don't want to use negative terms because I do love it here. I really do. But people are fast paced across the board. No time for nonsense is how I'll put it. (laughs) Yeah. We're in Ohio. It's, it's Ohio is a little bit, it's the Midwest. It's very slow. I mean, the driving is different. The even emails are different, right? People get right to the point in, in Ohio, there's, a paragraph of pleasantries before you even get to what you're trying to accomplish. And people are okay with that here. I had a boss who, so when I worked at Mercy Health, we are a national, we were under a national umbrella, which is Trinity Health. And we often worked with our counterparts in Ohio, in the Midwest, where we were, uh, where our corporate office was. And she would, she would tell me, she was like, I don't understand how you can handle all of the pleasantries. Like, I understand that the weather is cold outside, but we need, we have a job to do. And I was like, what? But she's just being nice. Like, and I completely, I I love both sides of it though. Um, I will say, like you said, Philly is a little closed off. And so that at least so kind, but um, a lot of folks have been here and live here and stayed here. So it's like, how do you enter networks that are closed off or build a network based off of like kind of one-off connections and that's that was my real challenge when I first moved here um but I've loved every second of it though because it's it's changed me like I said it it's helped me reinvent myself into the person that I am today like in Ohio I feel like if you ask some of my classmates in grad school like I was super quiet um kept to myself and you know if you ask folks here that I don't think they would see that as the case.
0: Now, I, I, when you say close off, I'm like, wait, what's he? like, nah, I that's, that's the wrong person. <laughs>
1: <But> <laughs> exactly. Right.
0: You know, you talk about coming to a new place and, and trying to to break through kind of that, that wall in a right. sense of being mm-hmm. closed off. I know, I knew for me, at least when I came back to Philadelphia, one of the groups that really helped me kind of break through that wall was the Young Professionals Council uh, of Absolutely. the Chamber of, of Greater Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. I've already kind of you know, I mentioned uh, in the show a little bit with with, you know, Sean Hand, uh, we talked about a little bit, but I w- I'm interested to get your perspective on what the YPC as we call it, uh mm-hmm. what the YPC kind of did for you and, and kind of mm-hmm. the impact and role it played in terms of getting you acclimated to Philly, mm-hmm. getting you ingrained in the Philadelphia just business community as well.
1: Right, right. So I'm gonna answer this in a little bit of a roundabout way, maybe maybe not too much roundabout. But so uh when I when I first moved here during my administrative fellowship, I had a faculty advisor from Xavier University. So he was he was the one who would check in on me. He would he was who I like turned reports into and one he was scheduled to visit one time during the year just to see you know if my fellowship was like progressing appropriately if you know if they thought they were gonna hire me on all of that stuff and so knowing knowing that I wanted something different from this new city than I had gotten from being in Ohio for so long I actually just asked him I was like, "Do you have any ideas about how to get more connected, or just like how to make friends?" Because I think his daughter had moved out of town as well, and he like named a few organizations. Um, he was like, "Well, I, like I know that volunteering is something that you enjoy to do because I've I've done that my entire life in Ohio as well. So volunteering is a way to do so. The Junior League is a national women's organization that was something I was involved in for a long time here in Philly. And then he said the Chamber of Commerce, and I was like. I literally don't know what that is. Googled <laughs> it and went to—I forget what they called it back then. Just one of the info sessions. I know they're calling it YPC 101 now. Yep.
0: Right? Yep. I—I I should know. I'm like—I'm like on the committee that helps put it on. Like
1: I'm like, wait—is it 101? Yeah. I yeah, know like that, that too. Yeah. <laughs> and I—and I, and I think we'll touch on this a little bit later. But so one of the things that helped me was always being like. uh, yes person right so like I, I you know i i looked up what the chamber was what the what ypc had to offer and you know side note i think a lot of these organizations that we might reference here because i was like a part of the african american chamber for a little bit i was i i was part of other other professional groups and they all have fees right and one thing i don't regret is even on my barely salary of a salary as a fellow um, investing in that, right? Because yeah. now I have opportunities to have these awesome conversations with folks like you that I met through IPC. So, you know, getting back to your original question, sat in on that info meeting, and oddly enough, we were talking about this earlier too. Oddly enough, I, I look next to me, and the gentleman sitting next to me had a College of Worcester like portfolio pad. And for those who don't know, Worcester is in Ohio. And I was like, oh my goodness, I'm from Ohio. Like, this is great because I don't know anyone here and I'm super nervous. So we started talking, like come to find out that he was best friends with my best friend's boyfriend in college. Also, we lived two streets away from each other in Cincinnati. And I was like, oh, I got to join. Like, this is like serendipitous almost. (laughs) So I actually joined Again, say all that to say in a roundabout way. I actually joined YPC, not for the business aspect, because I will say early on I realized it's it's not healthcare heavy. And that's my industry. I don't plan on deviating from that anytime soon. But one, I can add a different perspective. Uh two, I, I like I'm not in sales or anything. So I honestly joined to meet people and make friends. And so I remember I told this story at Spotlight. I remember going to my first networking event. And in the Uber, I was like, I can't do this. Like, I'm just going to go home. And he's like, no, like, what, what do you have to lose? You go and find out it's a great organization and you love it, or you don't go and you keep the one friend you have. And I was like, man, Uber driver, you're really (laughs) spitting some truth. (laughs) So I went and it was a great event. We, you know, I spoke with some of the board members, and I realized that everyone is there for so many different reasons, right? Again, like I said, you have folks who are there for business purposes. You have folks who are there to socialize and network for their own endeavors. You have folks all, all across the board. You have me who's just looking for friends. And so, I, I think the best decision I made was to pretty immediately of becoming a y, member of YPC, join a committee right? So I'm getting deeper involved, more opportunities to meet people, going to committee meetings, and then flexing my strengths in areas where I might not be getting at work or, you know, wherever else I was, you know, whatever else I was participating in. So I I think YPC has been kind of everything I've needed it to be in that moment, right? So um in the beginning it was a way to meet people, potentially make friends and also consume some of my time, right? So when you're alone and you're you're going from work to home, it's nice to have something to do. And then it changed to okay, I'm interested in professional development for myself. It makes sense to join the professional development committee. I have I've gotten so much out of that that the next step for me and you know I was very fortunate to become a board member. Right. So and now i'm learning and seeing the inner workings of the you know YPC of the chamber and getting additional opportunities to network at very high levels so it's honestly been the best for me and i'm so grateful for the experience
0: i think it's evidenced by the fact that like you you won an award from from you know the YPC and, and i think you know it goes back to something i think about personally I learned, you know, early on, but like I, I in college mostly it really became apparent, like you get out what you put in, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I think I think the YPC is, is another extreme example of that where we're, you know, and I, I know we keep talking about YPC here, but I think for anyone listening who's not in Philadelphia, I think it's really just any kind of young professionals group or any mm-hmm. kind of group for that matter that, you know, if you have an interest, it, you really get out what you put in in the fact that like you you want to be a part of this group, you want to make an impact, you want to meet people, like mm-hmm. go find that group and, and go be a part of it. I think I agree with you as well. Some of my best, I guess I say best friends, but like when I think about it, yeah, like some of the best people I know right. and I hang out with are through YPC. And talk
1: to regularly. Yep. Same here. And I love it. And I, and I think too, kind of from a more because i think what will resonate with everyone you know who's listening is that you know outside of relationships like social relationships i think you know as professionals at any level we are trying to set ourselves up to be successful and i think when you understand what that means for you ypc absolutely helps get you there so again outside of the particular young professionals council they really push you to get involved with chamber events and initiatives and that's how i've met some of the like top leaders in the city right they know my name because I've been so active and involved and that's something I'm very grateful for as well.
0: So like, you don't want to brag, but like, you're kind, you're kind of a big deal here. Yeah.
1: <laughs> is, is <what> you're <laughs> oh um, my gosh. I mean, yeah, but, <laughs> just kidding. Well, but, just kidding. But, but
0: yeah, no, I, I think that's, I, I think that's you know important too, in terms of being visible. Right. Uh, and, and like Philly as a, you know, I, I could go on for days about Philly. I think people mm-hmm. listening know that I think, you know, that, mm-hmm. but, but Philly You know, getting that visibility in a city like Philly—that's that is important. That goes a long way.
1: Mm -hmm. And
0: and speaking of visibility in Philly, you know, you've recently, you know, got a new role. Mm -hmm. It's still in healthcare, like you mentioned. You know, I don't know if I'm allowed to say your employer's Mm -hmm. (laughs) name on on the air, but I I don't know. (laughs)
1: But but,
0: um, but you know, with Independence Blue Cross, and 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 Mm -hmm. I think I would love to hear kind of how that process went, but also on the flip side of that, you know, what does it mean to, to still continue to, to make an impact in healthcare? I know you spoke about your, your, your mother who, um, you know, she's a health professional herself. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what does that mean to you and, and, and kind of why is that important?
1: Right. So for me, um, kind of going back a little bit, I, I considered a lot of different careers. And like, you know, in the nonprofit world, which I'll get to, I explored that a little bit and you know, made my way back to healthcare pretty quickly. But none of them made as much sense as healthcare to me, right? So and I to be honest, I can't even explain it. It's not, and I wouldn't even say it's profound. I just I really I enjoy helping underserved populations. So that's what I do at Independence Blue Cross. So, and it's what I did at Mercy Health. So we, as you know, in the population health world, we figure out how to improve access to care, how to improve quality of care and all of that. So it's really taking that servant leadership piece that I, I'm very passionate about and marrying it with like business and program management, project management, like there are so many different aspects that go into running a hospital. And I just like all of the possibilities that are in this like one industry while you're still helping people, if that makes sense.
0: That does. That's, that, you know, keying on, you said servant leader within the industry. I think that's, that's really cool. I would love to hear more about that. Cause I, mm. I, I think I hear people say it and I'm just mm. like, I like how servant leader, like how can you lead and serve? Like, I, I don't yeah, know. I personally yeah. don't, don't necessarily subscribe to that. But you know, I I, I, people do call me kind of a scumbag, so like I get it. (laughs) (laughs) I would love to hear.
1: Oh my gosh, yeah, yeah. So the concept uh, or the the nomenclature sounds counterintuitive, right? Like, yeah, how can you serve and lead? But I think how you can serve and lead is always doing something and this is personal, right? Like I I don't have the true answer, but it's always doing something for the greater good, I think is servant leadership, right? So a lot of times servant leadership can present itself in what we do for YPC, right? I think you might be a servant leader and you just don't know. (laughs) For example, like, you know, all of the things that we do for YPC is outside of our job. We're not getting paid while it's serving me. I'm also serving others. I know that I'll use my professional development. You know, when I was on that committee, I have a passion for growing and understanding and what areas I can grow, uh, connecting with people who can help with that growth. And that's what that PD committee does. And so, you know, using my time and effort and energy and ideas to, to sit on that committee and make it great is how i'm serving but in some in a somewhat leadership capacity right so i would say being on a committee is leadership because you're not just general body you know ypc member you're you're committing more of your time energy and effort to me that's servant leadership right so maybe that's smaller scale while servant leadership also can present itself in like finance what we call that mercy like stewardship like making sure you're allocating funds appropriately like it looks very different I think you know you know when you're not seeing it right you know when someone is a leader but they're you know they're making all the all the decisions for their benefit
0: D- doing doing stuff for the wrong reasons kind right, of you, right you could say I never thought of myself as a steward leader so you know maybe I'll uh, you know it's something to take away from it uh, in yeah. terms of how did you how, go <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: hey i got i got my gold star for the for the day you know going off of that though I, to connect that back to to you know career development because i think mm-hmm. i think that's so important not just in general like you know being millennial like mm-hmm. you know 2008 now this for just anyone out there who's who's kind of you know they're they're trying to piece together their career and, and look for the next step it, it seems like being a steward leader is mm-hmm. is someone something that could help you progress in your career. And, and absolutely, I'm sure you could talk about this, but I would love to hear whether it is being a steward leader or maybe there's something else out there. You know, I would love to hear your secret or your thoughts about how do you advance? Like I, I know I have my own tips and tricks, but I'd love mm. to hear from your, mm. your perspective.
1: So um, I love this question because this is something that I had to recently not come to terms with, but really understand all of the work that I've put in, in the last two and a half years. So I will say giving a little bit more of my background. So I was working at Mercy Health System. I was there for two years. So once as a fellow, got hired on as a project lead, really loved that role. And I was within Mercy, I was doing a lot of things outside of My role, which again, I think is Stuart leadership, right? So they had no talks of any diversity, equity, and inclusion work. So I, I reached out to our corporate office in Michigan and helped get that conversation started at Mercy, you know, led a team of senior leaders. And that was solely because I was passionate about that area, right? I was seeing there was a deficiency somewhere and I went for it. I got an opportunity to work with through actually a chamber connection. He introduced me to a woman who was um, creating a nonprofit in Kensington called the Equity Project. And um, the mission was amazing. It was really about helping the people in Kensington living around the opioid epidemic. So we have a lot of focus on the opioid epidemic, which is super important, of course, but it's, it's really focusing on the working families in that area, like having to get on the train and, you know, and seeing you know, what they were seeing in Kensington, right? A lot of overdoses and all that. So how do we help them live their best life in a way? So I loved that. And and I guess what I'm getting at is that if you do things in a a very genuine manner, using passion in a genuine manner will get you to where you want to go. If I can explain that a little more, like, in my very short career, I'm definitely an early career. So I graduated in 2018 and have been working since or 2017, I guess. I've always moved with the intent that like, I'm not going to pursue anything unless it's something I'm passionate about, if I can help it, right? Sometimes we have to do things in our job that, you know, that we don't want to do.
0: Hey, I'm trying to get this paycheck.
1: Exactly, exactly. But I, I always try to move with the intent that like, this, this is also serving me. So it's going to help me be better in that way. And people notice that. Yeah. So like, I, I think people notice when there's a genuine like aura about you for the work that you're doing.
0: Yeah. And enthusiasm. Yeah.
1: Enthusiasm. Yeah. the Great word. Great word.
0: I just think it back to my own career about s- some moves I made. And I'm like, oh yeah, that's why I did that. It was because I wasn't feeling enthusiastic or I wasn't feeling the passion for it at that time. So, exactly,
1: so, yeah. exactly, exactly. And I again I think it serves you to be true to your and it's advice I've gotten from probably every mentor is that that I've ever had is that being genuine, enthusiastic, and true to yourself, which I mean falls under genuine, but just true to yourself and what you want to be doing. I think that'll always that'll that always comes through. Always comes through. And I, I think I think that's what's gotten me and created the network that I have because I I I hope and I think that I've always been genuine with people I meet. You know, if, if it is a connection in which I am seeking something, it's always because I'm trying to publish my value as well. I think that's a big part that people miss in networking is that like, it's absolutely fine to go out and get what you want and ask people to help you. But if you are not showing your value, it's going to be really hard.
0: Yeah, that's that's a fair point. I think um, I want to say Alex Hillman, um, who mm. who I'm not sure if you're familiar. He's he's in the Philadelphia, uh, you know, kind of startup scene, and uh, okay. he's he in the, the the business scene as well. But you know, he just came out with a book, Tiny MBA, and, and you know, one of the things he talks about that is like radical generosity. And, mm. and while I might be butchering uh, kind of his intentions, I you know, in terms okay. of the actual term itself, I mm. I think about that of like if you act with generosity other people are going to p- pick that up and they're going to want to help yes. you even more um yes. you know i, yes. I think i, yes. I think that, I love that yeah i think that goes back to what you're saying you know if you're acting with the the fact of like i'm passionate about helping other people i'm passionate about this and i'm passionate about mm-hmm. you know whatever yeah. it is it's it's like that's people are going to notice that and they're going to say hey mm-hmm. i want that person on my team to help me exactly. so i can help them exactly
1: Exactly, exactly. I love the term radical generosity because that's the exact, like I, again, in a very genuine way, it's not because I'm always seeking someone to help me. That's definitely not it at all. I, I think the other part is understanding the value of just building relationships around you, right? Um, just because we are people who need relationships. So I just think back to, sometimes it's absurd when I do it, but anytime anyone tells me anything at all I'm like oh I know someone who can help you with that yeah right so even if it's not me I'm like oh I know a guy it's like and I I think people respond to that as well like that radical generosity I love that term that's great you
0: know a colleague of mine he used to he used to joke around he's like You know, Baz. Like, you seem like you're the guy. You you just always know a guy. Like, you're just the know a guy. Like, you know, I'm like, yeah, I got a guy. Yeah, I'm like, I'm the ultimate plug, man. Like, that's that's what I like. You know, that's what I do. Like,
1: absolutely, you got to be the plug. I love that. Yeah.
0: But um, going off of that, in terms of um, you know, passion and 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 being generous and 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 trying to give a lot of yourself, we've seen that you know, we're kind of at our limits for some of us, you know, it's been a, it's been a weird year. Yes. Mm-hmm. And when everything that's happened in this last year, I'm very intrigued to, to understand, you know, for you, like what are some things that you've done to really protect your joy? Cause I think, I think, mm-hmm. you know, in, in addition to climbing the career ladder to, yeah. to, you know, understanding and, and learning a new city and getting acclimated and making friends, I think that's a lot. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, that's so depleting. And and, and so I, I'm yes. curious that, you know, this podcast is about living your best life. So, I, you know,
1: I love this question. I've been waiting for this one. <laughs> so I, so just to, you know, reiterate the question, it's so it's what, what do I do to find my joy or keep my joy or both? Yeah,
0: I, I mean, really both. I mean, if you, okay. you know, if, I guess if you have your joy, Already, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, what are you doing okay. to protect it? But if you haven't yeah, found yeah, your joy, yeah. what are, you, are the steps you're going through to find that?
1: Yeah. So again, I'll go back a little bit in my history because this this is something that um, I I I really want to share with everyone, especially you know with social media and we're seeing everyone that's so happy all the time. So to, towards the end of last year, I started really. Uh, let me go back even further. So when I first moved here, joined the chamber, and just in general, and and social and professional situations i was like i said that yes person and that is unbelievably draining right so but i at the time it's what i needed right so it's what i needed to make connections it's what i needed to meet people it's what i needed to build those relationships and so you know towards the end of last year so that's coming up that was you know about two and a half years of saying yes all the time i finally like hit a wall and and that wall involved a lot of a lot of things so like physically drained, mentally drained. I started, you know, questioning if I wasn't saying yes all the time, would these people, opportunities still be around, right? So I I will say that, and I, I I feel comfortable being completely honest. So I went down this better word rabbit hole with my mental health. And outside of like, not just saying no to things, I just, was not showing up day to day, like as myself, right? And I think that's so important to understand, like there was a norm, whether it was draining or not, now you've completely deviated from that norm. So what what was the problem I needed to figure out? And, like normal things that back then brought me joy. Cause saying yes was great. Like I loved going to all the networking events and volunteering every weekend and after work and all of that, It and that brought me joy at that time. But I, when I hit that wall, it was like nothing brought me joy, nothing. And that was you know farther down that rabbit hole in that like things that brought me joy weren't anymore. So if I don't have joy or if I don't know what I'm doing then what am I here for, right? I, you know, I I my first step was actually reaching out to my primary care doctor and kind of seeing what interventions she could take there looking for therapists, I think is a hundred percent really important. I think, you know, whether or not you're feeling some type of way or not, I think having a therapist is extremely important. So those are kind of the steps I took to understand why I wasn't feeling that joy that you're talking about. And it was really sad, actually. I think I did lose a lot of relationships because of it, unfortunately. Because relationships do take maintaining and you know, so I built up all these relationships and then you know, I didn't have I didn't have the energy strength, mental capacity to maintain them. So you know, and that's still sad to me. You never want to see that happen, but for my own well-being, I had to kind of step away from everything. So, in order to find my joy, kind of turning the tables a little bit, Still in line with doing what I want to do, you know, as it pertains to myself. Like I will never do what I want to do, you know, if if that means disrespecting anyone, putting anyone in harm's way, whatever that might be. But I started realizing that, like, if I, like, if I, you know, if I don't want to go somewhere, that's fine, right? I need to get my energy back. If I,
0: you're picking your own schedule.
1: Exactly right. And and before I, I feel like I was kind of, for lack of a better word, victim to my schedule, right? So and I became, you know, the the creator, the leader, the made, made a very intentional, uh, took a very intentional approach to what I was doing. I would say now to keep my joy, I listen to myself more understanding, like when I need a break, I reach out to folks for help. I, I think that's absolutely the way that I keep my joy. Um, don't have a therapist right now, but I definitely lean on friends who have the mental capacity to hear me sometimes. And then just like little things, like during the pandemic, I've always wanted to paint. And I was like, I'm going to (laughs) paint. And I've been like painting so much. It's been so fun. And then sharing that with people, you know, not for any reason. I think that's the other thing is in finding joy is that I feel like our culture now is grind culture, hustle culture, like everything has to make you money or it's a waste of time. Like I disagree. Like I love taking naps and I love painting (laughs) and none of those are making me money right now. And that is perfect. I mean, until,
0: until they come um, out with an app that pays you for taking naps, like then, exactly. you know, then, then it's game over. Exactly. You
1: know? And then it's a wrap. I will be making all the cash, oh my gosh. <laughs> but yeah. So I think it's, yeah, just finding things or doing things that I've always wanted to do, but not having the, not having had the time because I was again, quote unquote, victim to my schedule. Yeah. That's really it. I, I think again, I was actually texting my friend earlier today. Um, I wasn't feeling great earlier, just going down that spiral again of, you know, I have this new job, but what does that mean, right? So I think sometimes as young professionals or professionals, we get ahead of ourselves and that we're very type A and like go-getters and like, you know, you, you and I both know we're both like that. So with this job to find joy, what I'm allowing myself to do is be in the slow getting, to learn it phase yeah right like we were talking about earlier all I do is sit on zoom meetings and that is fine for now right like and I have to train myself to say that because sometimes I'm like oh my gosh I'm going insane to die here yeah (laughs) exactly
0: that is an interesting aspect of of saying like hey look like Yeah. Like you you don't get everything that you're, you know, the ideal situation immediately off the bat. Like, Mm -hmm. yes, it's good to strive for the ideal or yes, it's good to, to grind for that. You know, maybe, Mm -hmm. but it's okay to also not, and just like take a, take a step back and just like relax, dude, like just enjoy life for a second.
1: Right. We, we, I think we are where we're supposed to be and people forget that often because you can try X, Y, Z, efforts and you might not still get to where you think you should be in this moment and then you know tomorrow something different will happen and everything will change you know you know what I mean so like I'm not saying all this to say not not to put an effort because again knowing you and I both very type a go-getter always doing our best type of mentality but we need a break and I think that because if we're depleted, like we're not giving 100% to the things. And that's where I found myself last year. Like I wasn't, I was giving like 10% to everything. And I was like, nope, to save my integrity. Cause I don't think I absolutely dislike when folks just are a part of something just to say they're a part of it. Right. It's like, again, that value thing, like, what are you bringing to the table? And so if at that point, I felt like I wasn't bringing anything to anything to the table. So I had to, fall back a little bit. And that was the best thing I could have done.
0: I I totally respect that. And I, I, you know, I hope more people are able to, to do that and and say, Hey, like, let me, let me, let me not, (laughs) you know, and I think that's actually a a good transition. You know, you talk about the fact that you're doing, you know, 10%, but not necessarily doing the best again, this podcast. So I was thinking, you know, living your best life, Um, Mm you know, how do you live your best life? Like, I know you're talking about taking that step back and being more intentional. Uh, are there any aspects of your life, like a, maybe like a daily basis that you're like, Hey, like if I do this, you know, once a day, or if I do this once a week, like really that's, this is me living my best life at like the optimum level.
1: Right. Oh, wow. Yeah. the optimum level. (laughs) That's great. No, I, so for me, um, what I've realized in, you know, again, in that time when I was like, uh, what am I doing? I real like, I stopped going to the gym as well. And that was something that I was like steady doing every morning before work. And it gave me energy and it like helps me get to work on time because I was going really early and all of that stuff. So that's the one thing to help me live my best life is that, and I feel like a lot of the things I'm saying aren't new to anyone, right? I think it's just in the way we approach how we get there. So for me, going to the gym is like something that if I'm doing at least at least four times a week, I'm living my best life. Another thing would be doing mindfulness exercises at least once a day. That helps me live my best life. It helps me put into perspective everything that I'm doing and live in that moment, right? Because sometimes we can't stop that hustle. And that's awesome because that is also what gets us to where we need to be. There's no perfect formula for like, you need 80% hustle, 20% chill. You know what I mean? Like there are some days when you're working 12 hours, so that might be eight hours for your, your job. And then another couple hours for your own personal pursuits. Right. But yeah, just, yeah, that's it. Yeah.
0: No, I, I get that. I think, you know, mindfulness meditations and mindfulness exercises are important mm. i will i will say uh i went from i was really good like probably two three years ago i made it, like a very much a point it was like one of my goals like legal goals like meditate mm. have a meditation practice and i was mm. i was like meditating i would journal in my put like a gratitude i have a gratitude journal i would put like what i'm yes. grateful for this year and not even this year but before this year really it's like i don't know what happened i think it was like the simple act of moving our office where like the, my morning routine has completely changed. And I'm like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yes. So I'm gonna either, either you, or maybe some listeners out there, if you guys have like tips or something like that, I'm going to need some, you know, cause that's something that's missing from my life. Like I, I realized like I
1: yes. social
0: media and stuff, I just go through that. And I'm like, Oh yeah. Like I wasn't being mindful about that at all. Like this morning I, I had breakfast and I was just mm-hmm. like, did I just eat all that? Oh, like, yeah, <laughs> you know, like-
1: yes. I feel that. I feel that. And yeah, you can, it's so easy to get like lost in that. And, and I think the other thing to recognize, um, and I, I feel like all these things we're talking about, you know, when you say living your best life that feeds into, if, if we're taking it back to like the professional world that feeds into how you show up at work and how you show up in the things that you're doing. So like, uh, you know, again, things that we've heard before, you need to take care of yourself. And I think mindfulness exercises are a great way to do that. I will say one tip that I have and going back to your comment, I need to, I need to mention this because I feel you so hard on this is not having a routine, like functioning in a routine, like I'm killing it if I have a set routine every day. And so working from home has completely destroyed that. (laughs) And so trying to find a new groove has been definitely difficult as it is for everyone, I'm sure. So I I used to have a mindfulness book at work that I now have at home since we're working from home. And so I'll read that on my couch instead of at my desk. And, or I'll post another thing that I used to do that helped me with uh, mindfulness exercises. Um, I would post affirmations on like my mirror, in the bathroom, or I had them on my desk at work, I have them on my desk at home, or even in my kitchen, like on my fridge, or, you know, in the cabinet, I open the most, just things like you are enough was my favorite, or I am enough was my favorite affirmation. And I think when a lot of people think of mindfulness exercises, we think it needs to be this like, whole like meditation and like take and for someone who is type a or has any sort of like my attention span is very short trying to take five minutes is an actual effort so having something like on my desk that just says I'm enough or on my cabinet that says I'm enough I take that five seconds to be like all right you know whatever literally like I will be like oh my gosh like I've had five zoom meetings and it's not even 11 like i'll see that i am enough and i'll be like and that's okay like it is okay to feel that those zoom meetings were a lot to have in a short period of time but you did it and you are enough and you're here right like things like that so simple and i think that just those things get you through the day and they they change your mindset to like to a more joyful mindset to a mindset that like you are living your best life yeah
0: seems so grounding in, in terms of being like, hey, no, you're enough. Like, don't worry about it.
1: Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah, I am enough. Yeah. I am enough. Like, I don't need to be, I don't need to talk more on the Zoom meeting. I don't need to, I am enough.
0: That's an area I'm dropping the ball is like a, you know, in terms of, like, I have, <laughs> I'm embarrassed to, I guess, say this and, and, you know, for those people who are listening, who know me, they're going to be like, oh my gosh. But like sometimes on my YouTube, like, I'll, like I'll just throw on a video of, of just purely affirmations and I'll, you know, while I'm in the shower or, you know, while yeah. I'm like getting ready or, or eating breakfast, I'm like, yeah. I'm just having them. I'm just like, all right, I'm absorbing them. I might not be chanting them back yeah. or recounting them back. But I'm just <laughs> like, all right, like let it flow in, let it just be yes. there. like at least maybe my subconscious is getting it, but so I, I get it, you know, flipping, flipping off of that into, I guess, another topic, really, you know, what, what motivates you then, you know, like, you know, we we talk about healthcare, and and, and we talk about being a steward leader and in, in, in leading from that perspective, but, you know, is there anything else that we haven't mentioned, where you're like, you know, this is actually really why I do the things I do?
1: Yes. So, you know, having thought about this question why i do the things that i do i would say there are a few reasons but my number one reason would be and people might take this the wrong way and i hope that's not the case but i do things because if i if there like god forbid i pass away and there's only like one person at my funeral i i i would hope that that one person could say that like i was a light in their life in some way Right. So, and I I say that people could take that the wrong way because it seems like I'm saying like, oh, I want clout and I want people to tell me I'm amazing. That's not it at all. (laughs) I, I don't want clout. I'm not here by happenstance. I'm here. Yes, because of effort I put in, but also because people cared enough, were kind enough to share their energy with me. And so I need to put out that same energy. I need to pay that forward and I will be doing myself a disservice if I have not done that. And so I think that is like my driving motivation for most of the stuff that I do.
0: It reminds me again of a you know, conversation I had with Sean and he was saying, he was talking about how, you know, the reason why he goes so hard, I guess, at work is is because mm-hmm. it was to make sure that he proves to the people that put their name on him
1: yes. that
0: you know, he's really stepping up to the plate in that aspect.
1: Absolutely. Yes. I feel that.
0: Yeah. And I think, you know, from my perspective too, it's like, I, and it's funny because I was thinking about this earlier today, I was just sitting there and I'm like, I hope, and this might sound weird to say out loud, but like, I hope when, when I, you know, whenever that day does come and like whenever, you know, you know, I, I do meet my demise, hopefully it's, you know, <laughs> like, like Drake, like I want to, you know, uh, an easy one, you know, in a short, yeah, short death, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but, you know, I, I hope people can, love the Drake. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I hope people could sit there and be like, you know, Baz was a homie. Like that's, that, that's the quote mm-hmm. that comes to mind. Is Like, I just hope yeah. like to, to my friends that, you know, I I've helped them in some way. I hope to, you know, I hope to my family, I've helped in some way. Mm-hmm. I hope to, to other people who just like, just know me. Like, you know, I say all that to say, I get it. I totally get yeah. it in terms of, you know, yeah. making your impact and 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 making it one that outlives you in some some aspect.
1: Absolutely, because Lord knows, uh, you know, some of the like the career path I chose doesn't have the most money involved, and even if it did, um, you know, the legacy that I would want to leave is one that you know goes beyond that, right? So it can touch what you do at work, but a lot of times it's going to be like what you know what did she stand for and was she like true to that from the beginning to the end and so you know that's what that's what keeps me focused and motivated and again like some of these concepts like they sound very isolated or siloed in that like you know it might seem like I'm talking about volunteering but that goes to anything like actually talking to rob wonderling i had the opportunity to meet with him like a while ago and i was like oh my gosh this is amazing he's the ceo of the chamber and i like we were talking about this and he asked me the same question and my answer was the same but like the example i gave to the ceo of the chamber was that like if my dog shits on the street i'm gonna pick it up because if anybody you know is watching it's like, she is a good neighbor and that's it. It, it literally is something that simple, right? So yeah, I, I just, I, that's just really important to me. Like being a good neighbor, a good friend, a good person and using, using that as a way to, and again, I think that shows, you know, in your career, it's a very genuine way to approach and uh, people like that.
0: I will, So I will say when you said like a good neighbor, I'm not going to lie. The the state farm guy came in my head, but <laughs> I was like the jiggle. No, I no. look like
1: him right now no. with uh, with my haircut. Yeah.
0: Oh man. But but um. No. I I think that's that's a great way to live. I think um. You know. I hope I can also aspire to, to live life like that. On the flip side of that, I know I've said flip side, Nat, like four times now. <laughs> Getting a little meta here.
1: Keep flipping it. Yeah.
0: But uh. But what keeps you up at night?
1: Um. Ooh, Not to put you a in a lot spot. of things. <laughs> no, no, no. It's okay. Um, I'm just, I'm just trying to think about, you know, how to articulate that. So, I guess what keeps me up at night often is, the, okay. So, I'll, 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 I'll talk about this in two different aspects. So, from a professional standpoint, and I feel like I can be real with you and, you know, your listeners. What keeps me up at night is, am I, am I doing all that I can in a workplace setting, right? So like, am I working to the best of my ability? And, you know, and also like, contrary to what I was saying, you know, I am often up at night about like, am I where I'm supposed to be in, you know, in the professional sense, right? Honestly, actually, like, you know, I, I I do those mindfulness things to get out of that mind to to mindfulness exercises to get out of that thought process, but I am human and we all have it. So the, like, in actually in general, I would say that's what keeps me up. Like, am I where I'm, am I where I'm supposed to be? And so that's why I've taken that intentional approach to kind of dissolving that mindset, or at least having it subside for a little bit, because, you know, we're all going to think that, but even, even socially, like you know, as we're getting older, I just turned 29. And so, you know, seeing people other, especially with social media, other people transitioning into different phases in their life. I'm like, yo, <laughs> I, uh, Do I need to be buying I, that mansion right now. Like, exactly, where's my rental properties should, at? <laughs> you know? Exactly. Seriously. I'm like, um, I should have flipped five houses by now. I should, I should own my home. I should be married with three kids already. Like all of these things. But what I do know is that again, like I said earlier, like I'm where I'm supposed to be. And so like, although I stay up at night about that, like I I, I honestly, a lot of self-reflection too, because I'm like, could I handle a kid right now? Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely not. I still eat Cheerios for dinner because I forgot to go to the grocery store. Like, no, I have, I have fur babies. Like I have a dog and a cat and like, they're good. But you know, outside of that, like, you know, you know, I'm cool on that right now. Like, am I where I should be in my career? So the equity project in Kensington, you know, it was a step up. It, like as far as like I, I took a director position, director level position at uh, so so young of an age, and I say so young of an age because I had only been working, like I said, for a few years. So, so uh, like a young age in my career, I would say, which was a, a a wonderful opportunity. But unfortunately, it didn't work out because of COVID, and so I I had to be like, okay, like you know, kind of get back on, on a different career trajectory. So like that keeps me up at night. Like what does that mean? Where am I going from here? It was super unexpected that we were going to lose funding, right? Yeah. So like um how do how do I pivot and get the skills I need to continue to grow? So those are the things that I think about often. Yeah. Yeah.
0: There's a lot of people that probably, you know, woke up in on January 1st, 2020 and it was like all right, cool. Like, like this is the year I'm gonna lose my job. No, that didn't happen.
1: Right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So
0: I I get where where you're kind of like, hey, you're thinking like this is I'm I'm on this trajectory. You see exactly where you're going, and then yeah. boom, you know, exactly. Overnight things happen for me at least. I think about you know people always ask like, what's your five year plan, and and I find that personally one of the hardest questions to answer because like half the time I don't know what I'm gonna do later tonight, let alone
1: exactly next
0: year, let alone five years. And it's like any, right. as we've seen this year, anything can happen. So I, I get that. Right. And, you know, I think back also to Zoe, uh, you know, friend of ours and, and, you know, I've had her on the show as well. And she, she talked about career FOMO and, and the, you know, it, it is a thing and it's just, you know, that fear of missing out of like, Hey, like I should be doing this in my career. I should be doing that. And that exact feeling. And like, I know she talked about where she said, you know, like, Hey, like, no, I I can't, I can't get wrapped into that because then I'm going to start doing things that aren't the things I want to do, which, you know, goes back to what you were saying about being passionate and and using that to drive your career. So
1: exactly. When you start, when you start feeding into that, those thoughts, you start moving, you start making moves that just aren't you and and then again that people can tell and it shows up in your work and you know you're taking on things that you maybe can't handle and that's absolutely real that's absolutely real and it's no fault of anyone's because you know we're all out here you know trying to do the best that we can right but it's just yeah we're just we, you know we're we're trying to make it in different ways and i just think that that's the thing like our stories are all so different And that's another thing we need to realize is that maybe that person wants something different from you, right? Like you can't base your career trajectory, life trajectory, milestones on anyone else but yourself and where you are.
0: Oh, yeah. And at the end of the day, like you said earlier, like you are enough. So
1: Mm -hmm. you are enough. yes. Yes.
0: Yes. Getting those affirmations in.
1: Exactly.
0: Well, I'm curious, you know, if you had anything that we didn't necessarily discuss yet, that you're like, hey, if I, if we end this episode, you know, I don't get this off my chest, like I'm going to burn the whole thing down. So I would love, Ah! (laughs) but if you had like one, (laughs) one thing, like, hey, like this is, you know, I got to teach the kids out here, teach them.
1: Teach the kids. Yes, yes, yes. So nothing that we didn't touch on, but I do want to stress the point of, especially for my black and brown and other people of color, but everyone who's listening, like mental health is so important and getting help for it is crucial. I still, I still struggle with it every day, but having identified that that's what I'm struggling with, because now that I like, when I think about you know, what I know about like depression and anxiety right now. And I think about different work scenarios, different scenarios that happened in college with, you know, social situations. And even back in high school, I'm like, yeah, I probably needed help back then. You know, there are stigmas. There are, I know, you know, my parents are African, They're foreign, like mental health is not something that you talk about. So it's just like, I did it. Why can't you? And it's not, no, nothing disparaging, you know, towards my parents. I love them very much. Again, without them, I would not be anywhere obviously, but just like be kind to yourself, be gracious and like, do not be afraid to ask for help. Like, because especially during, you know, this pandemic that is real and we're not out here trying to lose anyone. I'm here. Baz is here. (laughs) (laughs) um hey (laughs) so yeah that that would be my one like I just I just need to stress that again just from personal experience from you know hearing stories of friends and family and just like you know reading some of the articles that are out there right now about people struggling during the pandemic but just in general man take care of your brain your mind, all that. That's so important. I, I
0: think, I think that's spot on, especially as we get into, well, we're recording this now in November. Uh, I think mm-hmm. was, um, I don't know. It's like the 18th. Um, yeah. You know, the days are getting shorter. Uh, the nights are getting longer. Uh, you know, I don't know about you being in Ohio, but you know, coming from, from Florida back up, sad season is real. All right, I don't,
1: it is real. Yeah, so
0: I don't know if you need to buy a, you know, they call them a, a happy lamp or a glad light.
1: Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. You
0: know, I, I might put some yeah. links in the description. Um, but yeah,
1: that's a great idea. But yeah,
0: I um, take care. You know, I think back to Marshawn Lynch quote, and, and I probably mentioned before, but like he's just like, hey, take care of your mentals. You know, like mm-hmm. yeah, you know, also take care of your chicken, take care of your physicals but like just mm-hmm. take care of your mind. And and, <laughs> yes. and if you need help, I think, yeah, just, you know, reach out, reach out. Like yeah. no one's going to judge you. No one's going to, no no, you know, you're not bad. You're not, you're not different. Like a lot of, like, I would say, as we have seen, probably would say the majority of people face mental health challenges. And so you're okay. actually in the majority. You're you're the normal one. Mm-hmm.
1: Right. You know,
0: unless you're unless you're like American psycho out here, like Christian Bale, you know, just like
1: <laughs> going at it. Um, um oh my
0: gosh. But no, no, seriously. Uh please reach out. Um I, yeah, I think that's I think that's a, a great message to to end on. You know, uh, thank you, Sia, you know, for just your dropping gems on them. I realize, you know, that you know, not everyone has the privilege of of being from the outside. Coming into Philly to to learn yeah. Philly and then learn to love it really as as yeah. you seem to have and really embrace it and so I really appreciate everything you've you've done for the city you've done for YPC you've done for the chamber you're just you're just an all star and so I'm glad to you know yeah. share this experience with you and, and share your story with the people out there so thank you
1: yes yeah, thank you for having me I, I appreciate this platform and getting to have this conversation with you I um, you know I'm in good company you, you sir are an all star so thank you again for having me
0: oh thank you well until until next time definitely catch up with you
1: sounds good
0: All right. and that's the show if you enjoyed this episode be sure to leave a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening also, be sure to tune in next time for our guest, Brenda Wynn, Manager of Retail and Economic Development with Philadelphia's Center City District. As always, remember to live, laugh, and learn. To Oh, I already started recording. I'll just cut this part out. Whatever. Um... <laughs> I thought I was going to give a countdown. (laughs) It just did it. Um, All right. Well,